Now, not many people would, would look at a, a prehistoric pine cone and think, mmm, delicious. Uh, Justin James might. In fact, he, he did precisely that, and he, he turned that, that bunya cone into a delicious toffee-crowned dessert. Now, that ability to turn fresh, local, sometimes untested, slightly mysterious ingredients into, into dazzling dishes has earned him and his restaurant Botanic uh, Gourmet Travellers Australian Restaurant of the Year. So that is a thing uh, to be greatly congratulated over, and I can do that right now. Justin, congratulations. Uh, thank you very much, Jonathan. This is, I mean, it's a, it's a tremendous award to win, um, and, I mean, a tremendous process in your, in your restaurant and, and in the gardens that surround it. Tell us about that relationship. The relationship is, is very strong between us and the Botanic Gardens. I mean, not getting into the histories just yet, but coming here and opening this restaurant, was it was a big drawing card to tell that story of time and place, place being the Botanic Gardens, then Adelaide, South Australia and Australia, and to create those relationships with them to be able to forge these gardens to find culinary delights and some of them aren't very delightful straight off the tree, I can tell you that. <laughs> Imagine that's true. Let's come to that process in Adelaide, but let's go back a little bit. You grew up on a, on a small farm in, in Michigan where foraging, was that that's something that, that intrigued you as, as a young boy? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, uh, we had all types of animals. We had, a, we had a massive pond and, you know, just being connected uh, to nature at a very young age, I think draws me to this style of cooking. It's the only way I could cook professionally. <laughs> I don't cook like this at home. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, just being out there as a young child, um, you know, fishing and catching turtles, but also finding wild berries and, and taking acorns. And, and I remember just taking acorns and, you know, uh, preparing them in, to make them into flour, to make little breads and things like that. Uh, probably really ignited uh, my curiosity for wild food. I love the idea of acorn flour. How, how, how does that taste, just out of curiosity? <laughs> it's a bit neutral. It's a bit nutty as well, but it's pretty good. As being a, a native to North America, I love the idea of there's not many people over there trying to use native ingredients. And I think the acorn, especially in the Midwest, is such a unique uh, ingredient to use and packed full of protein and antioxidants as well. Okay, not only interesting, but good for you. <laughs> so, well, let, a fun fact for let, Let's jump to the Adelaide Botanic Gardens. And, and I guess, too, for a, a forager, a Botanic Gardens is a really interesting space because here you have a sort of an unnatural curated environment. Oh, absolutely. I think you just nailed it on the head there. It's, it's a museum of, you know, plants, trees, shrubs, flowers, everything in between, and everything is grown here especially things that are edible, not to be consumed. Hmm. Uh, you're not allowed to pick from the gardens. And that's what makes, I think, this restaurant very special as well as we have those relationships as we discussed. And then it makes you think differently. I could list off probably 100 things in the garden that you can eat. And some of them things we eat every day, like peach, there's, uh, peach trees and plums, a handful of different citruses, lemons, limes, uh, oranges, blood oranges, kefir lime, finger limes. There's avocados, there's quinces, uh, there's some pears. I mean, it gets into more some native ingredients, wattle seed, I said finger lime already, macadamias, quandongs, hmm. uh, scented emu bush, lemon myrtle, anise myrtle. 
and it goes on. And, you know, think about like, think about the plums. As I said, they're not being grown to consume. So none of that trying to make them the most delicious or the biggest. And they're also not protecting them from wildlife. And as we're coming in, uh, we've been open now for 15 months. As we're coming in, and this will be our second summer now, the thing about, let's say, the plum, for example, well, once they become delicious on the tree, well, you got to fight against the wildlife as well. Possum, <laughs> yes. And the, the, the bats, the fruit bats, especially. So we have to pick them early when they're still green and tart, maybe bitter or stringent. And then it makes us think, how do we turn this very sour thing, a very bitter thing into something delicious? Because it is telling the story of the garden. And we're telling the story that we had to pick this early <laughs> so we could serve it to you. But what hmm. we've done to it might be we might have pickled it or we might have salted it for two weeks or we might have fermented it to tame those flavors. It's an interesting way to actually start thinking and cooking. Yeah, with so many elements in play there. When you came, you say 15 months. So was this always the plan? Is that what attracted you to this restaurant? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it, it was, you know, we rewind a almost three years ago when COVID first came. And that's basically how I came across this opportunity. I wasn't sure what to do <laughs> as many at that time. Mm. I was thinking about going back home. Uh, I had something lined up uh, in California, something really exciting. And uh, I was just called about this location. Would I be interested? Never been to Adelaide. And I originally said no. At that night, I just researched everything I could about the city what's around it, obviously the space, the gardens. And I just started thinking to myself, wait a second, this is building that's built in 1906 in this heritage rotunda. That's where the restaurant is. And we're in the middle of the garden and the gardens is the CBD. And we're surrounded with great produce and wine regions. I'm like, this has the potential to be a, a world-class destination restaurant. That's why I believed in and did the gardens need any convincing? Uh, I mean, as you say, it's a rule in botanic gardens that we're not allowed to touch stuff. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Actually, since 1906, this building's always served some kind of uh, food or beverage. Uh, so there was a restaurant before, a very similar name, Botanic Gardens Restaurant, not mm. Restaurant Botanic. And they started, you know, without them, the, uh, probably the relationship probably would have been a lot harder to convince because they started just grabbing a little, you know, some time from the garden, some flowers from the garden. Okay. And just using little things here and there on dishes. And I think that really allowed me to come in and really say, hey, wait a second, we have all these things I like to do X, Y, Z with, you know, and with anything, you know, there's a little, oh, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, as we were really respectful to the gardens and the gardeners and you know, we don't know everything, so we allow them to teach us how to harvest properly as well so it grows back. Yeah, and I think as we build that relationship and the restaurant continues to grow, it allows us to, to do more as well, which is great. Well, and, and doing more, I mean, the end result here is a really complex tasting menu. This is a, a big thing that you create. Uh, it's highly ambitious, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know it's, it's intensely seasonal, obviously. But right now, if we were popping in, what would be some of the things that you would be serving to us? As I said earlier, time and place. Place was Botanic Gardens, Adelaide, South Australia, Australia. That's how I look at it. Time, what what season we in, what's the weather like? Doesn't feel like we're in spring in Adelaide. It still feels like we're in winter, to be honest. Mm. And that really dictates 
the menu. And then I don't call them courses as most places do. I call them flavor combinations. Because I think course, you think of a dish with cutlery, uh, you know, you're going to get seven bites. To me, we're looking at building, we're in the business of making flavor. And I want to showcase as many flavor combinations as possible. And some of them, they're just like humans. They all come in different sizes and shapes and personalities, as I describe them. And so some are one bite, some are two, some are three, some are six. And throughout that whole menu right now, you'd find a lot of native ingredients. Some come straight from the botanic gardens. Uh, You'll find a blackened apple that we ferment for three months at 60 degrees. Then kind of wow, freckled with uh, freckled with uh, flowers from the garden and the Sertian flower puree, green ants from the Northern Territory to kind of start your meal. Um, uh, we got uh, we have uh, some local oysters with the uh, sorrel uh, from the garden, wild peas from the garden as well. We have kangaroo, and we do that two ways: one with camel hump lardo served with the fillet. That's been marinating a little mountain pepper from Tasmania. Uh, we also have a kangaroo jelly as a fancy word for jelly. <laughs> Basically, like kangaroo jello. <laughs> and we serve that with horseradish from the garden and fermented black truffle that we fermented. Truffles are in season this year, uh, so we could use them all year. Uh, you'll find emu, and we serve it three ways as well. We have the emu egg, we have the emu fan fillet, and we also serve the emu uh, liver. And the emu liver is being served in fresh quandongs right now. They just came in the season. Uh, half to, almost 60% of the menu is eaten with your hands mm-hmm. or off nature. And that's something else I really focus on is telling the story of the gardens of obviously flavor, but also telling the story of what I feel and see and smell throughout every day I walk in mm-hmm. and out. And a lot of things are played on rocks. Like the emu is played on a rock. You pick the rock up and you lick it off the rock. Uh, you'll find pearl meat from Western Australia. And it sits in a nine-month fermented vegetable paste that we make. Served in paper bark from the garden that we, we smoke inside it. And you, you lift up the paper bark and then you eat the pearl with the pearl shell. You'll find things uh, cooked on branches from the garden and you eat it right off the branch. And that dish is made with uh, crocodile tail. Okay. That's been uh, lightly brined and then grilled. And then in the bowl underneath is botanicals from the garden with dried leaves and dried fruit and toasted sticks that we then pour a crocodile broth into. And you eat first and it has a leaf on it. So you actually can't see the soup. You grab the stick and then you eat the crocodile off the stick. And then you put that in a little bowl next to you. And then you lift up the leaf and then inside you drink the crocodile broth through all these native botanicals is another thing you'd find. Wonderfully um, adventurous experiences. That's it. We, you know, the botanic gardens, the whole idea is it's not just, like I said, the flavor, it's the experience of picking up leaves and bark and rocks mm-hmm. and, twi- and grass and, I mean, everything in between. Uh, I still surprise myself. I come up with new ideas how to eat things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's well, what the garden is to me. It's, it's, it's nature, you know, it's, it's wild and the experience, I think, is wild. I think it reflects that extremely well. Let's go to that surprising yourself. And, and I mean, the, the, the process of, of discovering an invention and, and testing must be quite extensive. I mean, for example, 
you saw an emu and you thought, I wonder what does liver taste like? <laughs> How does it work? What, what's the process of inspiration and then of investigation? Yeah, well, I think I'm, I'm big on inspiration and creativity. And I think what you kind of absorb around your, your life is what really outputs creativity. Um, so I tend to look at things that doesn't relate to the food industry. Uh, hospitality industry for innovation and creativity. I look a lot to car companies or tech companies. I look to buildings and art and obviously the gardens around, I think. And that's really where the ideas start to come. And I mean, it's kind of like rules to myself. Once I do a dish, it can never kind of come back. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's a different way because a lot of restaurants, they, they, they use the same dishes over and over. They might eat, you know, like very seasonal restaurants will wait till next year and they might do something very similar. Whereas the idea is we want to keep creating. And when you look backwards, sometimes I think you, you lose focus and you go back like, Oh, we did uh, asparagus last year like this. And all of a sudden it's a very similar dish. And and this is only just for myself because it keeps me, Curious. Curiosity keeps me moving. Finding the next new flavor combination keeps me moving. And so it's really important for me not to do the same thing over. It's really important not to really see what other restaurants are doing because that can influence you. And it's really important to say, how can I make this more wild? <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's how can I make this? When my team says, I don't know if that's a good idea, I say, that must be a good idea. On the right track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a test of many things for your diners, in particular of, of stamina, they're, they're tucked away in your, in your restaurant for four hours. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just talking to someone about this earlier, about an hour ago. I, I want to come, but no one wants to come for four hours. So I said, yeah, all right, well, here's the thing. It's an engaging four hours, you know? Mm-hmm. If you don't come with the right people, it's going to be a very long four hours. And if you don't <laughs> want to be here, it'll be a very long four hours. And it's not for everyone. I, I embrace that. I'm glad we're not for everyone. But we're very niche. Uh, and the four hours is, you know, that's what it takes to do it properly. And, you know, I tell people, if you don't want to go see a three-hour movie, don't go see it. So Because you're not going to be able to see a three-hour movie in 90 minutes. So if someone wants to come in here for two hours, I'm like, I can't serve it to you in two hours. And you, you're missing points because what I serve you, it makes sense what you're eating now, what you had before and what you're going to have next. Yes, This journey, it really is. And I know a lot of places say it might be a little cliche, but it's a journey. It's an experience of the five flavors, salt, salty, sour, umami, bitter, and uh, sweet. And then I also add my other five flavors of, of, of freshness or rawness, spicy, texture, temperature, uh, and herbaceous notes. Um, and it, you might be like, oh, this dish really needs something textual, needs something crispy. Hmm. Because it's 20 courses or 20 flavor combinations, it's stretched out. And then the next dish will be really textured because you're, you're looking for that, you're craving it. And so it's really hard not to do in four hours. Plus there's the formalities, greeting, making sure we, we there's no menu. And today everybody has a, a dislike or a dietary. Um, and so I want to create the same attention and detail for everybody that walks through that, through that menu. So we have to get that right to make sure we create the best menu for you possible. Uh, and then there's the beverage. And I think a, an amazing dining experience 
requires beverage as well. Mm. And it doesn't need to have to be uh, alcoholic. Mm. Uh, we do a temperance package, which is non-alcoholic, which is the same idea as the menu. We forge the gardens and create our own beverages to serve to pair with the dishes. So there's that option as well. And then it's every six to seven minutes, you get something in front of you. <laughs> so time flies. People say, wow, I can't wait to stay here for four hours because you have something in front of you and it's everything is not fork and knife. As I said, you're lifting up rocks and you're licking rocks and you're opening up bark <laughs> and you're, you're grabbing this and you're eating off a stick and it's almost primal at some points. <laughs> and we serve you a whole, you know, if you're a table, we, we serve a half a duck between two people. So if you're a four top, four guests, we serve you a whole duck. And there's no cutlery <laughs> and you got to pick it off the bone Tear, and you got to grab it <laughs> leaf and kohlrabi wraps. And, and you'd be surprised like the, as I guess, if, if you want to keep it with uh, how to call the main course, you know, your final savory, we don't serve it with cutlery. It's all eaten with your hands and it's, there's a lot of meat and it just keeps you on your toes. And I say it's an inception of experiences. <laughs> how, how could you resist? Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Justin, it sounds stupendous and, and entirely deserving of Restaurant of the Year. Thank you so much for for taking us a, a, to a peak, <laughs> to an extraordinary world you're creating in the Adelaide Botanic Gardens. Oh, thank you, Justin. Appreciate it. Chef Justin James, uh, Restaurant Botanic in Adelaide. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.